Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, beautiful people? I am the content king himself, Mr. CEO Hayes is in the building, a.k.a. the Red Bitter Assassin, a.k.a. the Dad by God. And on this week's episode, we got Steph from the Great Pill Podcast popping in to continue the conversation on alpha, fe- <coughs> alphas, betas, sigmas, this time deltas as well. But we're going to be talking about everything on the female side of things. We're also going to get into submission. Also talk about why it is that some people have a hard time submitting. I think we get into a different angle on it than what people are probably expecting just hearing the topic. So I can't wait till you guys get into that episode. Um, It's been a rough weekend, right? We found out um, that Chadwick Boseman passed away. So we'll be talking about that during the In the Mind of Hayes segment. Of course, T is back with the Cookie Chronicles. We've got a lot of jam-packed stuff for you uh, guys this week. So we're going to go ahead. uh, We're going to take that. We're going to get into our intro music, and I will catch you guys on the other side of that in the In the Mind of Hayes segment. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're in my dark and twisted, crazy ass mind. And, you know, it's funny because it hasn't been so dark and twisted as of late. Um, I just think like the world is dark and twisted. So the last thing I want to do is add more dark and twistedness uh, (laughs) lately. But it's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you guys, it's coming. Um, I don't really know how to get into this first topic, right? Um, Because as everyone in the culture everyone is aware as by now uh, we lost chat with Bozeman uh, after a four-year battle with colon cancer and I think you know people who just know him as Black Panther uh, that of course was his biggest role that was probably one of the roles that impacted the culture the most but I think one of the reasons that you see people having the response that they did to chat with Bozeman is not just because of the roles he picked because he did pick a uh, uh, quite a few roles that are important to us when you look at like him playing Jackie Robinson him playing Little Richard uh, of course T'Challa in the Black Panther in the, in the Marvel movies bringing the first major uh, black uh, led uh, Marvel movie of of the MCU we know we have Blade uh, but of the MCU I think you know all those go without you know speaking we we know what the impact of those were we know that those were cultural influences but what made Chadwick Boseman special at least to me is the fact that you know he took that responsibility very well and he ran with it he knew that the impact 
that Black Panther was going to have. Uh, he believed in it. Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, came out and, you know, he said he didn't even know uh, that Chadwick Boseman had been dealing with colon cancer. And that actually, after it had been announced that he's been battling with it since 2016, that means that he had been fighting that battle since uh, Ryan Coogler met him, which means that when Black when he got cast as Black Panther, he... He was already aware of it when he got in that shape of Black Panther. He was already aware of it. And, you know, also uh, filming Infinity War, even though he didn't have a, a super large role in Infinity War, um, he knew it. And I think when you look at also like you kind of it it, it adds like the last few years since uh, Black Panther came out, it adds like this eeriness to it. Right. Because whether he felt like he was losing that battle or not. It was really it turned into his swan song though these last two years um about two and a half now since black panther debuted turned into his swan song like he spoke out against injustices he spoke out um lifting people up we all heard the story of how like denzel washington uh gave a, a tuition response to tuition they end up going to chadwick bozeman like and he was our king because not just because he played t'challa um, it was because of the way that he carried himself. It was because of the way that he cared about our culture. He cared about it. And that came through as genuine as hell um, in everything he did. And, you know, there was a video that was posted when he was talking about how people who were terminally ill with cancer said that they were trying to hold on to see Black Panther. And here's this man fighting this battle unknowingly to the public uh, this whole time. It's 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 eerie, eerily beautiful in a way when you think about just the way that everything unfolded and you know it's of course it's hard um and you know i know naturally it's natural i, I don't want to i know i kind of spazzed out a little bit before if you guys follow me on facebook but i had said like i don't want to hear this conversation about whether or not to recast uh t'challa i just at this point right now it's too early um even us on the film frequency it's just i know that it's going to happen at some point that conversation not saying they're going to recast or not. That conversation is going to happen at some point. It makes sense. Black Panther 2 was already on the docket and everything. And the way that Marvel plans out their films, usually it, it's a story reason. Um, but it's just, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. At this time, uh, let's respect his memory. Let's respect his legacy. Let's respect his family. But not even not even thinking about recast, like whether or not they're going to recast right now. We got a while. We got enough going on. Um, yeah, it's just, it just sucks that, you know, 2020 has been a year of loss. It's been a, it's been a year of loss across the board. When you look at like people that we lost that were superheroes in a way in real life too. It's not just because he played T'Challa, um, but we also lost Kobe. Um, so like it's just it's been a hard year just all across the board. Like 2020 is probably I really struggle to think of a rougher year um, uh, since I've been at least like. And to my knowledge, uh, I know the year 9-11 happened was was extremely rough, but I was a kid there. So it didn't it didn't really hit me like this. Right. Um, that sense of loss was was a little bit different um, at the age that I was at this time. So um, just like everything going on with like it's just I don't know how we are going to recover as a whole from 2020. But uh, to leave the memory on Chadwick, man, it's just an amazing actor, an amazing person to be taken at a young age. Um, but he left some roles that are going to be around and be iconic forever, forever. Um, and outside of, like I said, outside of just the roles, his work, his passion for his people, 
um, his leadership, um, how tight his circle was. Like, this is the way that when you look at stuff, and I know we talk a lot, we've talked about it on this podcast, we've had a segment of how, like, sometimes we look at this thing of keeping things tight-knit to, like, hide toxic things. And I think this is a perfect example. Like, you heard no leaks of him having cancer. Even when the pictures came out of him looking drastically different and losing a lot of weight, you know, I remember that there was some conversation on, hey, is, is he okay? But that went away very quickly. There was no talk of cancer, no talk of anything. His family, the people around him, they all respected his wishes to fight this battle in, in silence and uh, in private, I should say, not in silence and just to work it out with his family. And that's, that's, I don't know how anyone can't respect that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all power, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman, man. And, um, and yeah, I mean, Wakanda forever. Um, and your memory is never going to go away. Uh, like it, it's such a relatively short body of work, um, even at the age he was at, but guess what? That body of work is, it can't be questioned. It's not going away. It's going to be culturally important. 10, 20 years down the road, we're going to be talking about the roles that he played and the stories that he brought, brought that he brought to life. So uh, power, all power to that man. Um, and I know it's kind of after that, it's kind of, you know, hard to pick back up the energy um, after that. But, you know, I had to say it. Um, I wanted to say rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman, man. I didn't, you know, I always one who I, it, it, I struggle with how I want to talk about death on this podcast because it's one of those things that it's just it sucks especially when it's when it's so early on like this but um but we're gonna uh go ahead and switch gears here uh jump into the next topic that we have uh for this in the mind of hay segment and that is joe button right the joe button podcast um something that i think once he signed that Spotify deal, it kind of made us all aware of the power of podcasts. It made the world aware of the power of podcasts. And there were ex- there were exclusives um, before then. Uh, he wasn't the first, but he was the first of that level. Number one podcast without Apple at the time was amazing at the fact that, you know, it helped Spotify stocks rise. Um, he talked about it on his podcast, so make sure you go and listen to it. But as someone who is in podcasting? and I love the business side of the game, right? I, I try to always pride myself on how well we handle the business aspect here um, and what we're able to do. But, you know, when you hear him talk about the fact that, you know, Spotify didn't necessarily understand it, he didn't either. It, that, like, they're Brandon, they're figuring it out. And so when you hear this thing of, you know, they're leaving Spotify, um, you know, Spotify just signed Joe Rogan to a deal too. So maybe with this one, they've, they've learned from the Joe button deal and what went right, what went wrong there. And they've made a better deal. Maybe Joe Rogan is going to be uh, in a couple of years in the same place that Joe button is right now. But I think when you look at it and you hear him talk about how, you know, number one across the country, um, didn't get a raise after that stock rise is going, they signed a deal with Gimlet and everything that factors in there. This is why it's important to know your business. This is why it's important to not just track your download numbers, but to track your analytics, see how things are tracking. Um, things that I've talked about during the uh, Hanging with Hayes live streams that I do on IGTV. I'm going to start bringing those to YouTube as well. That's why it's a little secrets going on. That's why I haven't been doing them for a while because we're kind of revamping. But I think when you, when you hear this and then I think also the, something I want to talk about on this is that when Joe Button, uh, you remember when he had that back and forth with the read on on Twitter and people were like saying that Joe Button was crazy. A lot of that now, I think maybe have been some, it came his frustration with the Spotify deal maybe coming out. And that's complete speculation on my part. So there's nothing that he said, even in this podcast that, that say that or whatever. But 
it it highlights one thing, and this is what we're going to talk about for this In the Mind of Hay segment. Podcasting is still, I say it all the time, it's still at its infancy. People are still figuring out. You hear Joe Budden say that they want to pay, that they wanted to pay them based off the structure that was made for streams of music and albums. Something needs need, new needs to be created for it. And that's what I mean when I say podcasting is in, in its infancy. I know podcasting has been around 20 30 years at this point, I think about 20 years. I know I've been listening to podcasts for about 15 myself, so I was probably late to late to it as well. But podcasting has been around for a, a nice number of years, right? It hasn't been as big as what it is in even the last three years. It's, it's completely blown up. But how to monetize podcasting, all the different ways to do that is still being figured out to this day. You have Anchor who monetizes with ads. You have uh, Red Circle who's trying to do the same thing. You have also ads when you when you create uh, partnerships with companies. The monetization of podcasting is still being figured out. The business of podcasting is still being figured out. How to track and how to pay podcasters and creatives is still being figured out. You can't do it like YouTube. You, you can't do it like music. It's its own beast, right? And because of that, it it's going to lead to more frustrations like this. I wouldn't be surprised if other podcasts that have signed exclusive deals, you start, you know, seeing if those exclusive deals are re-upped or not. Because at some point when you reach a level, like a Joe Budden podcast, number one podcast in the country, um, the deals that you're able to get may be better than signing an exclusive contract um and you're able to extend your range out so i i just think that that is a example of how to why it's important to know your business because there are going to be a lot of companies and i know we're fairly small podcasts we're not the huge celebrity lit, uh driven podcast or anything like that but when you when you look at um just these businesses and these corporations and especially when you think about exclusive deals and as you continue to grow your podcast and some people may come to you you may go to people with deals have your business on point look at your analytics not just your download numbers i hate when people when you i've been in conversation with people i'm a businessman and the, and you ask about analytics the most things and the first thing they go to is oh i do such and such downloads per episode all right is that stagnant is like is that all you do what's your growth like which which what's the rate of your your promotion? How are you how are you are you growing each week? What is your plan? Um, what, what what so when you when you think about stuff like that, if you can't answer those questions, you're not tracking your business right. Have your business together because as we see, podcasting is still growing. It's still bubbling. It's not even at the the height of what it is. Not even remotely close. We we sometimes think that it's where it's going to be, and it's just not yet. It's not there. It's going to be soon. Hopefully. We continue to grow. I mean, when you look at how the record industry even grew and went through ebbs and flows um, and to think that podcasting will have it together in the short amount of time that it's been to the other forms of media, it's not going to have it together yet. Uh, let that be a cautionary tale. And I'm not saying it's all bad. They made a lot of money with that deal for Spotify. But did they did they ultimately cap themselves at that deal by signing it when uh, with the growth that they've had since that time. So you got to think about that type of stuff. And 
have your business mind in order. If you don't learn anything else from Joe Budden, people say that Joe Budden's crazy. As someone who followed him in his rap career, I know he's crazy, but he's smart and he's intelligent. And he, and he, I mean, th this goes all the way back to his first album when when he felt like it wasn't being promoted correctly. Um, and and they signed him as the next dude, and then didn't promote him correctly because of lackluster sales, and they kind of forced him to do pump it up. Like you hear him talk about this type of stuff, and you know that Joe Budden knows his shit. He knows his shit. So to see somebody like that who is on top of it and knows it and the, and to not be satisfied by a deal that most of us would have been satisfied by, just let you know. Keep your mind on your business, and uh, your business will always mind you. Uh, but that's it. That's the uh, last topic for the In the Mind of Hayes segment. We're going to go ahead. We're going to get into our break. You're going to hear an ad from another podcast. After that, we're going to get into the Cookie Chronicles from the one and only Tia, a.k.a. Lady. And then after that, we'll be getting into the main discussion topic for this week's episode. I'll see you guys there. Peace. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. The gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we have four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you, you ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. Welcome to the Cookie Chronicle segment here on the Awakened Soul Podcast. This is your girl, the First Lady, and I just had to come discuss Tony Braxton today. Now, if you've been paying attention to social media, um, she did an article uh, that I read on the Jasmine brand that said that she regrets not having more sex when she was younger and that she should have drank and partied and smoked a lot more. Now, her exact quote was, I regret not having more sex when I was younger. I should have drank more. I should have partied more, smoked more even. I think my religious upbringing stopped me from doing a lot of things that I should have done. It's not a good look at the age that I am now. The way it works is you do that stuff in your 20s and 30s, and then in your 40s, you've earned enough to pay for the therapy. Now, I, I understand this a lot. Um, but before I get into it, let me read the last little bit. She says, I wouldn't say I was religious, but I am spiritual. I believe in a greater force. When I was seven, my family became very religious. We were Jehovah's Witnesses. We were Catholic. We tried everything before settling on United Methodist. I asked my mom once what they were searching for, and she replied, it was the 70s. The 70s were a very religious era. I think a lot of people were looking for the right path. Okay, so this clicked with me because I'm 34. You know, I'm not that old, but I ain't super young. And I grew up in a church. Everyone knows I'm a preacher's kid. Now, there were a lot of things 
uh, like Tony and the Braxton family, that I was unable to do. So I didn't do a lot of partying um, growing up. Here in the DMV, we had a lot of go-go's. So I didn't do a lot of go-go's, um, which was kind of good because some always ended up happening there. Like people were getting shot and killed or stabbed. So there was go-go's. There were just regular parties. Um, there was a lot of drinking at house parties. Like I just because my family um, was so in the church, like there was just a lot of shit that I couldn't do. I couldn't curse. Um, my dad allowed us to listen to secular music, but not my mom so much. She hated it. Um, but even with my dad letting us listen to it, there were certain songs that if they came on the radio, he would turn from because he felt like they were too raunchy for us to listen to. So I kind of get what she means where she says that she should have done a lot more in her younger years because there was a lot of things that I wish I could have done um, that I didn't. But with my mom, like, she's a very prayer praying woman. Like, she prays a lot. She could pray heaven down, okay? Like, people call on her at church to pray and, like, you know, talk to God. She, she's like this with the Lord, okay? So... <laughs> My thing was, it's not that I didn't have the time to do it because my mom liked my friends and my friends' parents allowed them to do the things that I couldn't. So I could have done these things, but a lot of times I felt like my mom was so close to God that if if I did do these things, she would know or like he would tell her or she would have this feeling and I would feel guilty. Um, there used to be this prayer that my mom used to pray with us, um, and she would say something to the effect of, Lord, if my children are doing something that is not like you and that is not in your will and they know we wouldn't be happy with, to let them get sick to their stomach and let them get so sick to their stomach to the point where they can't do whatever it is they're trying to do. And when I tell you, this may sound like some, some witchcraft shit to people who are non-believers, but... This used to work, okay? There were plenty of times. I remember this one time I was at this guy's house. I think I had met him on, like, MySpace or some shit. I don't know. And me and my girlfriend from high school, we went out to Baltimore and chilled with him and his friend. And I had been talking to him for a while, but that was the first time that we had, like, chilled. So I go up to his room, being a little hot ass, and we were – and in the midst of trying to do something and when I tell you every time that he like kissed me or touched me I felt nauseous like to the point where I legit was going to throw up if it went any further and then every time I got away from him or he stopped touching me or like stepped out of the room I felt fine and that is a prime example of the prayer that my mother used to pray and the fact that it would work and that's not the only situation. Like, there are plenty of other situations like that that would happen to me where I would feel sick. And the moment I got from around certain people or out of a certain situation, I just felt like nothing was ever wrong with me. And so I feel like when you're a preacher's kid or when you grow up in the church, you have that fear that, you know, God and your parents are so tight that – and and. The other part of it is if you believe in, like, prophecy and, um, like, visions and stuff like that, then you just think if you do something bad, one, your parents are going to be pissed the hell off. 
two, God is going to tell your parents or your parents is going to notice it or sense it or see it in a dream or something. So, like, that was my thing. Like, I wasn't scared to the point where I didn't want to do it. But it was like if I attempted to do it, that prayer my mama prayed would be in the back of my mind. And then even now as an adult, like, certain things that I would do, not even bad things, like, say I went to wear, like, a low-cut shirt or something, and I was leaving out of the house, my mom would be like, um, are you sure you want to wear that out? And what is God going to say about that? <laughs> like, what if you see somebody from church? And what if something happens to you? You don't care that people are going to be staring? And, like, to me, it's just, like, sometimes Christian parents, take things overboard and I think sometimes they use the fact that you're afraid of God like you fear God that like they use that against you and so for a long time my mom specifically would use the fear of God against me um, in certain situations to the point where it made me just rethink what I was doing and a lot of times it wasn't even nothing out of the, out of the ordinary it wasn't nothing crazy so I get where Tony Braxton was coming from. Like, you know, sometimes when you grow up in a church, you do wish that you did things differently and you do wish that you were a little more outgoing and and did a little more secular things because it would put you in a different headspace than you are now. You might look at things differently. You might have a different outlook. So I get that. I get it. If you get a chance, I want you to go and read her article on the Jasmine brand. Um, I initially caught it, like I said, on Instagram and then went over to the website. But she has a lot of a good uh, a lot of good points on why she felt like she should have did that. And I agree. I, I agree. I think when you are a parent and you grew up in the church, it does not help your children to be extra strict. Um, it doesn't help them to um, not kind of try things and do things even if you don't necessarily agree with them like if it's not going to kill them you should allow them to try things once or twice like kids essentially have to be kids and teenagers and there's just certain situations that you cannot always shield them from and that you shouldn't shield them from because it's a part of life experience and you should allow them to experience that and so when you get a chance check out the article when I say she scared me out of so many things, <laughs> and that prayer was definitely real, I can't say the same for my sisters. I don't know if it worked for them. I hadn't had this conversation with them. But if you are a, a, a believer and you believe in the power of discernment and the power of prayer, then you know what I'm saying is not crazy, and it is 100% accurate. But, yeah, tell me you guys' stories. How religious were your parents? What crazy things did they do um, that made you not want to do the things that you should have been attempting to try as a, as a teenager? Um, and what crazy stories do you have? Because I am curious to know. I can't be the only PK here or person that grew up in a church that has wild church stories and, and stories of, of my childhood growing up. <laughs> but I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Tell me what your thoughts are. Tell me what happens to you. Hit me on Instagram or Twitter at the First Lady, and we'll talk. See you next week, y'all. 
Hey guys, it's your girl Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, so before we jump into the main discussion topic for this week, I had just a note that I wanted to put out there. Um, matter of fact, shout out to, to Tia. Make sure you guys are going and following her at The First Lady um, and give her some feedback. She's really working hard on her segment. I wanted to give her uh, a shout out of, of inspiration because I know she had like, is this called Writer's Block, Podcaster's Block or whatever, um, uh, like a week or two ago. And she's been working through it. Um, and I want to just send out some encouragement, right? Not just to Tia, but not just to Tia, the other creators out there. Um, don't let that block stop you, right? Don't let it, don't let it freeze you up. We all go through it, right? And I always say, like I said to Tia, and I think she talked about it last week, is anytime you feel that block come, just use your life as inspiration. We all go through enough. We, you got a story to tell. You became a podcaster and a creator for a reason. I like to think that most people who get into this podcasting lifestyle should have an ability or at least something that they can just turn the mic on and talk about. And so use that. Use whatever your thing is, even if it's not your usual content, to get out of that block. Um, so shout out to Tia there. Also, another thing, another uh, little editor's note. This is this is Editor Hayes popping in. Um, make sure I know a lot of you guys are now discovering Cobra Kai, Kai on um, on Netflix. Uh, I've been on it since it was on a YouTube Red special. But it just so happens this is before it was even announced that it was coming to Netflix. Uh, me and my brother JB did a whole series on the Karate Kid on the film frequency. And we also just... By the time you listen to this uh, season, the season two episode of uh, of the season two review of Cobra Kai should be on the film frequency feed. So go and search the film frequency in your favorite uh, podcasting platform. We should be there if you guys are catching up on it. Even if you're nostalgic on the Karate Kid, we got a whole series, all three movies, both seasons of Cobra Kai. We just knocked that out. So make sure you go and check that out as well. Um, I just wanted, I guess, a little shameless plug, but we are going a motivation and shameless plug. But now we're going to go ahead. We're going to get to a break. Uh, you're going to hear some music after that. It's going to be me and Steph from the Great Pill Podcast popping in, talking about alpha females. We'll see you guys right after this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main discussion topic of this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. And this is something I had teased a little bit um, when I recorded the episode. I said that if I was going to do a follow-up, who I wanted to be on it. And guess what? God damn it, she's here. We have Miss Stephanie, a.k.a. Steph, former uh, host of uh, Poetry After Dark, now host of The Great Pill Podcast. What's going on, ma'am? Hey, what's up? How are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I can't be mad at it. Uh, so last week, uh, our last episode, I should say, is that I uh, I did an episode on alpha males, fake alpha males, sigma males, beta males, and it set people on fire. And so, you know, I want to follow up. I want to talk about the women. But before we get into that, as a woman listening to that episode, what did you think? Did it make you think about men that you know that fall on both sides? I just want to know everything as a woman. How did you take that episode? 
Um, I agree with everything in the episode, and I definitely know a male in every single category. <laughs> every single one. Wow! Wow. Okay. Okay. So what? Um, what about like a f- because I think alphas and betas are self-explanatory, and sigmas kind of are too. Once you once you grasp grasp the concept of the sigma male, I think it's it's easy to to keep that concept going and follow along. But what did you think about the the fake? alpha males and like how you run into them how you interact uh, with them when you do run into fake alphas oh um it's really interesting because you have to really examine a fake alpha because they are so you can't tell the difference sometimes um the most thing i see that they get tripped up on is that they forget what they've said Mm. (laughs) Mm. and and then with that being they forget how to act so they may act like they're in in power one in one moment, and then the next moment you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Like yeah. they're just regular ass dudes. I, and I think it's important to point that out because, like, with fake alphas, like if you're if you're whatever you are, if you're a true beta, a true alpha, like whatever, it, it's who you are. So you don't necessarily you don't trip up, right? You're consistent in how you act. You're, you're the same way in all places, and you know, you and you know, I say that that Hayes is a sigma, Cordero is an alpha, but even with that, the, the, there's so many overlapping traits between those two. I'm pretty consistent all the way through. But like when you get somebody who is trying to really be something that they're not, it's just it's awkward, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, and then you get those fake alphas that then con them way con themselves into actually being into leadership positions. And then you looking at them like what in the hell are you doing <laughs> but um to get into what we came to talk about here today uh alpha females and like more importantly i think something that we're going to also get into or not i think that i know we're going to get into is talking about how you can be an alpha female but still <laughs> your face i'm sorry but uh <laughs> oh man but uh I, that just completely made me lose my train of thought. I'm getting old. I, that's all I can say. Like, my train of thought used to be laser focused. Now, like, it gets thrown off. <laughs> I guess so. But how you can still submit and be submissive, which is, like, the key word. And you hear so many conversations now going around with the idea of submitting. So this is going to be multifaceted conversation. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you. Like, what do you think or think of when you hear the term alpha female? So let me ask, do you want me to dive right into that or do you want me to give a little bit of the rundown background? You can give the background. Let's give the bootleg background. Okay, well, let's go then. So, um, of course, there are many types of personality traits, as I call them. So let's start with all of these are for the females. Um, Let's start with the beta female. She's usually an alpha woman's best friend, always second in command. She's similar to an alpha um, very sweet, very caring, um, very shy and soft-spoken. Then it goes into the Delta female, carefree but has confidence issues. Always working on herself, extremely shy, non-confrontational, and very passive. Then you have the Omega female. She's very empathetic. Um, she's the go-to person for advice, tends to give up easily, and is the lowest ranking in the pack. Wow. Um, of course, then we have the alpha female. She's a leader, very strong and dominant, usually the leader of a group, very ambitious, loud, has a loud personality, very confident, territorial, talkative, smart, emotionally emotionally intelligent, um, always the center of attention. Then we have the sigma, which I thought was interesting, is labeled as the most manipulative mastermind out of all of them. That's... See, I, 
what what automatically catches my attention and again this isn't to like throw anybody under the bus this is just to talk about the traits right is that a sigma male doesn't care about social structures they're lone wolves xyz never not once in that description of a sigma male do you hear manipulative but immediately when it goes to a sigma female feel some type of way it's it's manipulative and that's funny right because i think that 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 shows the difference between men and women often you know it's not it's not the same thing for everyone but like women are very manipulative with men with themselves and even in the way that they love i think like some women look at love as a way to manipulate their man into doing what they want to do and then once they do it that like and it's 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 because we don't have those conversations right yeah and then even like me one time on twitter i posted that um like if you if you feel the need to always be around me, always call me every minute, X, Y, Z, love me less. It's OK to love me less. And someone commented like, well, then you just don't. It, well, black men feel like they can't be loved. They don't. And it's like love isn't the same thing for everyone. So you're basically saying that if a man doesn't receive love automatically the way that you're doing it, then they're not worthy of love. And it's like that is so crazy to me. Yeah, that was wrong. Because, er- yeah, everybody does view love differently. Yeah. So that. Oh, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, I actually invited her on the podcast. We're supposed to be setting something up to talk about that. But uh that's yeah, that's a whole nother episode. I just it's been on my mind since then and I'm just thinking about it. But uh yeah, like that that's that's crazy. And you even mentioned a Delta female, right? Which I didn't get into Delta males on my on my podcast because I felt like that and beta males are kind of have some overlapping traits but what do you think about the delta female and then where do you where are you fit in on this on the spectrum if you, had, oh, if you had to place yourself um i think well i know <laughs> i've always been a stigma female but i believe when it comes to business and maybe some other things i am very alpha like where i have mm-hmm. to be vocal um and speak up like i have no problems but other than that um i'm very stigma natured i like to just stay in the cut lay low be in the background just watch everybody else um and it's funny because pretty much like throughout my life because i can be very quiet like Mm -hmm. they'll take they'll take that as a weakness but when it's time to speak up it's like dang like i didn't know she can talk See, and it's funny that you (laughs) said it because like my introduction to you was on the opposite end right because we met at the melanin festival and we were both sitting at the table or whatnot and you were going on i won't tell the story that you told us because that shit was traumatizing um but uh so i got to see you in the setting of being very talkative initially right and then of course i've gotten to know you we've worked together with your podcast you've been on my podcast before and i've gotten to see the other sides of you but like it's interesting because to hear you say you're alpha and sigma it makes sense because i'm just thinking of the setting in which i met you in yeah like you were commanding that table like that whole it's, it's so funny because as we were checking people in and stuff like i remember like certain other interactions but like some it kind of went on autopilot like we were talking and just kicking it and vibing like everyone at the table not just me and you like everyone there april being there core came and sat down for a while and you know yeah it's 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 interesting with that but like um okay so you you said you 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 said that you see you're also a sigma so let's be honest let's have a truth moment let's go are you manipulative depends so yes if it depends you have to say depends you're you're manipulating the podcast right now trying to say it depends for me it depends Mm-hmm. But I I have to swing oh shit because I have to swing that back to like the alpha portion like when in business I can be very manipulative and I have to say like just for the record when it comes to women ninety nine point nine percent of the time we know exactly what we're doing 
and exactly mm-hmm. what we're saying. Like just to just to be honest. Um, and then of course over time that's where you have to kind of weed out like which character trait is this person and you know where do they yeah. fit. And I think I think it's also important that like words mean things and like I think in the culture we've given words like the, and we've made them almost always mean something negative. To manipulate doesn't always mean it means to control the situation, right? And that's not always mean that you're doing it negatively. It means that you are AK you're like uh damn old girl from scandal i'm forgetting her name now it's been yes like she manipulates like there and she's done she's done it negatively but she's also done it positively um so i, I want i definitely want to point that out too that it's not always i know we've we've made manipulate a negative connotation in our culture but it's not always a negative thing to manipulate a situation because sometimes you do need to control it because if it's getting out if it gotten out of control or it's went left you have to control it to bring it back to center right so um i just wanted to point that out uh <laughs> So uh with with also so where 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 do you think like okay so with women does it have does it, is this the same thing exists where you have people who want to portray as being alpha that really aren't Of course Okay I think it's even more so have to say it's more so um with women I think than with men Okay um and that's because of course a lot of women well stereotype is women are the weaker sex i understand that because it, it that even that phrase is not even meant to be in a negative light but it's been swung in that way um and that ties into the woman being the help me for the man and i'm sure we'll dive into all that a little later but yeah like i have like let's say for instance with my my circle of friends i do not like loud ass females as friends i can't deal um so basically and it actually, um, let me see, it actually goes back and it talks about that, how one of the traits of an alpha female is that she has a loud personality. Now, I do understand that some women are just charismatic. I get that. And they are very sociable. But it's the ones that, like, they have to be seen. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. I get that. And I like, I kind of made that same comparison when talking about the males is that the difference with the alpha and sigma is that alpha wants to be noticed for what they do. Mm-hmm. A sigma, on the other hand, is noticed for what they do yeah. without necessarily wanting it. So like that's an important it's an important distinction to make is that wanting attention for everything you do and everything you do getting attention. And then the fake alphas even more exaggerate that need for attention for what they do. Right. Yes, um, they do. And with fake alpha females like i'm trying to i i wanted to like bring comparison to like film or whatever because i i can honestly say like at least in my inner i don't i don't interact live and in person with a lot of people as a lot of people have picked up from this podcast i'm kind of a hermit um but uh uh like just examples of like fake alphas um in a lot of situations and you know there there are definitely some out there i'm struggling to think of of i think i have one for you um as far as as far as I'll say actors. I feel that to me, Gabrielle Union is an alpha female. Um, even when she wasn't married to D Wade, mm-hmm. she was like always out, always talking at every interview. I like I always got to be everywhere, right? But then Sanaa Lathan, you hear nothing about Sanaa until she pops out into a until she pops out in a movie, and then like her work shows for itself. You don't have she's not out here doing a million interviews like mm-hmm. none of that so to me those are like two examples of an alpha female and a sigma female she just kind of moved at her own rate yeah sanaya lathan she she does her her movie her film she does the press tour she needs to do when it comes out and then other than that she is mm-hmm. living her fucking nothing life. about her 
Yeah. Nothing. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so where where do you where do you, okay so how how does how would one identify to you the signs of a sigma female to kind of do what I did with I mean of a false alpha I'm sorry I said sigma of a false alpha female. Um. So of course I did some little research or whatever, and it was actually a good example of. A fake alpha female. Okay. They put it in the category of strippers and prostitutes. Oh. Oh. And see, and see for anyone who's listening, this is exactly why I did not want to get into the, the female <laughs> side of it without having a woman on the podcast. Because if I would have said that, that shit would have. I'll take the smoke. Okay. It's fine. Ahead. She said she wanted all the smoke. At the Great Peel Podcast on <laughs> IG. <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, it says, like, a fake alpha female is a stripper or a prostitute. They have to put on a very dominant demeanor in order to display a very strong position of power, strength, and excitement. They're emotionally unstable and pretends to be submissive. And it's mentally out of control and extremely aggressive. Mm. So, mm. you know any? <sighs> I refuse to answer that question. Cause I I don't I don't want the smoke. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't, I don't even want it. Um, honestly, though, I think a good example of that would be Cardi B. Mm. Oh, I take that back. Cardi B may maybe, but Lizzo. When we when you see Lizzo owning like she wants this whole thing of like I'm showing my body off for X Y Z, but then when that when that critique started hitting her hard, she was the first one to break. She was breaking down and saying people were bullying her on on her ig story and stuff so like she wanted to portray it as this i'm owning my body i'm i'm, I'm sexual because of this and it does something for me but then when that when that didn't go over the way she wanted it to it came back that's a so, good example i'm just saying i'm just okay, saying that was good I'm just really saying. good so uh <laughs> good i'm glad you got that let's let's get into what i know like immediately peaked especially the women listeners ears and this is something that I've been really wanting to have a conversation about it, and I'm glad that we kind of linked it with the alpha female conversation to show that you can be an alpha. You can be a strong woman, but being submissive and this whole concept of being submissive. And um, so when you hear of a woman being submissive, what does that mean to you? Uh, it automatically means to me um, being an assistant to whom to whomever is in control. Mm -hmm. That's how I just off the top of my head just automatically see it. Um but it actually means um, like to consider the fact, consider the act of a project, a condition um, that's given to you. So it's like to consider. But then you have to also like break it down a little bit more. So you have submission, but then you have submit, which means to accept. And then you have submitting, which means to surrender. So you have three different definitions really in one word. Yeah. Um. I think what bothers me a lot about that is I have, and I'm sure everybody else has um, witnessed in church when the pastor talks about um, wives submit yourselves to your husbands. Mm. And I've heard so many women like act a fool in church simply because they think that means um, being a complete slave to their husbands and it's like is that's not what that oh, means for sure. like and you know i mean you both religious people we've been in church i've seen people leave churches the like because of the message of women submitting coming up and then not agreeing with the way the pastor went and they left the church um and i think it's important too, like to point out and this is something that you know and we'll get into it with this conversation is that i think a lot of the negative feelings with submitting to men comes for a few different reasons one because there are men out here that use that you're supposed to submit to me thing to basically mean that 
the woman is supposed to do whatever the hell they want to and not have a say, which that's not what submission is supposed mm-hmm. to be. If somebody's submitting to you, you are supposed to, they're submitting to you because they're supposed to trust you. You're still supposed to keep their thoughts, feelings, everything at the forefront of your decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that goes into like the BDSM part of submitting. And, you know, that that's affected my mindset. But I think it's also important to, to realize is that women, my sisters, as you're listening to me, a black man telling you this, you are not supposed to submit to everyone that Bad. you get in a relationship with. And this is why either choose better who you get into a relationship with or make that person earn your submission. And by that, I mean, if we're this submitting thing starts in the Bible, it's rooted in the Bible. And it is said there that you are so supposed to submit yourselves to your husband as they submit to, to the Lord. Right. And if you're submitting to someone who is morally corrupt, you're in the wrong. Mm. You can't expect something positive to come out of something if you're submitting to someone who is morally corrupt and doing the wrong shit themselves. At that point, you're just you you made the wrong decision, sis. You That's feel true. Me? So you, then then they take that and because they spent so much time or years or whatever submitting to the wrong person, now the next man that comes along, they're they're refusing to submit to because somebody fucked up. And this is where it gets into relationships. At some point, you have to take responsibility of the people you keep choosing. If you keep choosing people they, that it ends up the same way every time. At some point, you got to stop blaming them. Yeah, you got to start you. blaming your decision making. What do you think? I know I just unloaded the whole. No, you you good. Yeah, you <laughs> did. You did. Um, but again, I mean, even when it comes to that, like submit means to accept. So when whomever you're choosing to submit under, like you're accepting everything about them, everything. So to me, like you can't complain. You can't complain mm-hmm. later on. It's pretty much like like what you said. It's it's your choice. So ooh. I'm just saying. And then my brothers, my brothers Ugh. out there, the ones in this com- these conversations I see on Twitter all the time, listen, it, submitting does not mean that that woman is supposed to, supposed to just shut the fuck up. Like, we got we to do better with that because submitting means that she's putting so much trust into you. And if you're not considering her feelings, you're betraying that trust and therefore you don't, you no longer have earned her submission. Mm. I'm just saying. God. I'm just saying, I I give it to everybody fair here. I come at, I come at my brothers, I come at the women, everyone. But I like having a woman in these discussions, so that way, if I'm saying anything that I'm missing something on, check me on. What do you What do you kind of make of? Or where are you at with this submission thing on men and women, and like how it's become like this really big topic in social media of, of commenting, and you have these women like I ain't submitting to no nigga X Y Z, and it's like it's wrong on both sides with this conversation. I think. Uh, the- Oh, the thing I hate about that, um, because, yeah, you do have a lot of alpha females that are saying they don't want to submit to a dude. But at the same time, they want a dude that's in leadership position or a boss. But it's like, how are you asking for a leader and you don't want him to lead you or lead mm-hmm. your household like that? That doesn't make sense. They contradict each other. Um, as far as men, it gets I think it gets blown out of proportion a lot of the time. Um which is another negative to me, um, which is why a lot of women are taking over, taking over households. Mm-hmm. Um, and the man is just kind of what I hate to say is just kind of like the yes, dear. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wonder why the household isn't being ran properly because he's supposed to lead. Um, so it's so complex. I think with a lot of women, um, like the phrase boss, and I think I've talked about that before, is it's totally taken out of context, totally taken out of context um, to where they feel like they need nothing. Like the only thing they need is, let's just say it, is some dick. That's it. Because they got <laughs> everything else under control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
Now you've described yourself as an alpha, mixed between alpha and the sigma female. You hover between. You you can go back and forth between the two. So as being an, an alpha woman at times, what does a what would you need to submit to a man? And then b do you think that you will be in a position of being able to completely submit and not let your alpha tendencies take over when you see something go astray? Exactly. I mean, I mean what I'm asking. <laughs> I'm asking. That's the, what. That's not an answer. What the hell is that? <laughs> that look. um yeah definitely um because i am you know i do believe in god and i do believe in what he says and i just have always um believed like i look at myself as um a traditional woman and a modern woman um because i don't mind and a man is supposed to leave the household and i'm trusting that man to make the decisions not only for you know me but for you know, our family as well. So it is, it's just putting all of your trust in knowing that if he's leading my household, then God is leading him. So I think at any time you feel like you're not able to submit to a man, then you gotta, you gotta check your faith real quick. Mm-hmm. Some, some is off. You're not, you're not trusting um, who you say God has given you. Okay. Here, here's, and this is a, a, a unexpected place. I guess we can take this conversation, right? Okay, so do you think that relationships, couples, marriages that don't have God in them should even eliminate submission at all? Because submission, like I said, it's rooted in Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So, and you know, as we're trying to figure out why a lot of people have this these this problem with the word submission coming up, is it because they aren't you you aren't bringing God into your household, but you're trying to apply a biblical ideal of submission into your household without the rooting of the religion that it that it stems from? So do you think that that's why some of it fails if they're if and I'm not trying to judge because I understand especially what's going on when people don't buy into religion. If people don't want to be involved in the church, people just want to say, look, I don't believe in none of that shit. I get that. So I'm not judging you for it. But then in that case, if that's the way that they're living their lives, should submission even be in the conversation? Mm, that's actually a good point. So, dang, kind of when we're speaking to, when we're talking about submission, then it seems like it should only be directed towards believers then. That's the, that, like, I'm not saying that necessarily, I'm just, that's the question. I mean, I'm that's just how my that. mind just, just wrapped around it. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not, if you're, if you're not going to submit to your, your, your husband, clearly as we've already went over, it says in the Bible, then how are you submitting to God? Because that's the first thing you have to do when you, yeah. when you reach salvation. So maybe the others do have, they got a loophole. They have an out. We just gave them a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's kind of messed up. (laughs) I mean, and the thing is, is that I really, because it's, it become like, I don't, I I know you're not on Twitter as much as I am, right? Like a lot of your social media is mostly IG, right? Whereas mine is mostly Twitter. And I just see like, it's always the submission, like the, the moment submission comes out, I immediately be like, oh, I'm finna watch this. I'm not finna comment, but I'm finna watch this shit for the rest of the day. I'm going to come back to it when I'm on the toilet later that day. Something because it is legit like one of those things. So like and and it's I haven't thought about this before. So I need to I'm still wrapping my mind around it myself is because it didn't come to my mind, honestly, until you we got to talking. We were talking about religion and like the last thing you said of like being a believer and stuff. And it's like, well, there are a lot of people that aren't believers. And because of that, you trying like I said, you trying to apply something, a concept of something that you're not even buying into. You feel me? That's that'd be like, for example, like us trying to apply the triangle offense which is a basketball term, in football and then wondering why the shit ain't working. You feel me? That's not the game we playing right now. Facts. So it makes you think. That's to, yeah, that's something to think about. Yeah. See, that's what I do. That's what I pride myself on here at The Awakened Souls. I make people think. 
<laughs> even if it's not intentional all the time because i had no no plan on coming in into that uh that part of the conversation or going that way but it makes it makes a lot of sense once you break it down and then i think people get submit and obey mixed up Ooh, say that again for the people like i need you to say that one more time like they get submit and obey mixed up and I think you you said something early into this, right? Uh, way way early when we started recording, you you used the word helpmate, right? And that is what your part, your wife is supposed to be is your helpmate. But to help someone, you also need to be able to tell them when they fucking up. And a lot of men don't like being corrected by women, which is a problem because if the person who's supposed to stand next to you and you're sharing your life with can't correct you, then you doomed to fail. You feel me? I don't want nobody who can't say, look at me and say, babe, I don't know what the fuck you doing now. If this is what you want to do and ride with, I'm going to ride with it. But I'm letting you know right now, you fucking up. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. And I mean, because a lot of a lot of women, they're not going to speak up to that because they feel that they're demeaning their man. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to make him feel any less than or it just may be from the backlash they may get later on. Also, and let, let's 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 get into it. Fuck it. I'm about oh, to, I'm about okay. to piss off some men, right? Let's talk about these men who they masculinity is so fragile that they think being checked at all is a is a ding to their masculinity because this motherfucker's like that. You got to get the fuck from around me. You feel me? Like seriously? And 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 I. I so often like these these men have these ideas that their masculinity is built around never being wrong right Mm -hmm. never never needing to be corrected or i got it xyz even on a friendship whatever else we're talking about if you can't acknowledge that sometimes you need to be told you fucking up by your friends by and this Mm -hmm. is this is something that i'm going to start building more towards in in 2021 is that iron sharpens iron right and as black men we've been conditioned so long to not check our brothers because what we acting like bitches Hmm. are we breaking the bro code listen the bro code is what got us fucked up in this place that we are now so fuck that bro code as my brother my if i'm not my brother's keeper my idea of being your brother if we're if we're in the true brotherhood it's not to just i'm not going to yes man you mm-hmm. you feel me but th- this and you know i kind of got into the with the with the whole conversation la- last week in the um the fake alpha males but really it's like people have their their masculinity wrapped up in so much shit that just amounts to just not being about shit like you feel me you you identify your your masculinity by you got in the newest pair of jordans on but yet your kids walking around wearing a potato sack to school you feel me so you brother i don't give a damn how fly you dress your kid looks like some shit right now but you said you didn't want to smoke though oh well i don't want to smoke from the women because i like i i I, fuck the niggas like because they can't beat me (laughs) they can't they can't whoop my ass so i don't give a fuck (laughs) women i'm gonna have to let them whoop my ass because i don't hit women so like that's why i don't want to smoke from the women like what am i gonna do somebody gonna be like look i'm gonna beat your ass all right well fuck it let me just don't 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 touch the beard don't cut the beard other than that you got it. that's your only concern that's my only concern when it comes to women uh but niggas i'm gonna whoop their ass so it ain't it is what it is but no for, for real, real talk like mm-hmm. or, or you see these men who all jokes aside that um they do they identify their masculinity through how they dress how many women they attach themselves to xyz that's how they identify and they think that they're living life but at the end of the day you're not taking care of any of these motherfucking kids you you brought into this earth you got three kids by three different women two of which you see and you only see those two because the women just force you to you feel me and then nigga i'm letting you know right now for the men that listen if you refer to watching your kids as you babysitting you ain't shit you feel me i hate that shit i i've corrected so many of of people that i grew up in high school around they're like oh yeah i'm babysitting right now i'm like who you got your sister's kids or something no it's my son nigga you not babysitting you being a fucking parent 
That's being so disrespectful to your kids too. Like for real, you're disowning them on the cool. Like, come on now, come on now. Like, and the one thing I will say that I'm blessed in my family. Like, I'm cl- really close with my cousins. Shout out to the Johnsons. We are all great fathers. You feel me? We all. My cousin Johnny has custody of his kids. Like, and it's it's. I see more fathers like that, but luckily in my immediate circle, I don't have any terrible fathers around me, but I, I really don't. I think at this age now, being in my thirties, how somebody treats their kids and their family. And, you know, I, I have hovered around the kids, but at the same time, let's talk about the women too. Like you, you, you quote unquote, you, you identify your masculinity, you're a man's man, you're X, Y, Z, but yet your wife is sitting at home planning on when you die, how she's going to be able to be free. You feel me? Mm. Like, like as men, what where happened to we identify by how we take care of our family? We stop worrying about the stupid shit. You feel me? Like all that you got the PS five, you doing this and that. You got this woman paying this bill. All that tells me is that nigga, you ain't shit. I'm just saying. But these be the same motherfuckers that scream all day of, oh, I'm I'm a man. I'm X Y Z. I nigga, you ain't shit, fam. You ain't shit. And then then they wonder why the black woman. Is so tired and fed up of taking care of like I, I have to I understand it. while I don't always agree with it that yes there are some black women who did some sh- terrible shit I mean not terrible shit but they took care of some terrible ass niggas and now when the good man comes around they don't know how to appreciate them but at the same time men wh- why do we keep putting our black women in these situations now I'm sorry I know I've just been talking for like the last six no, minutes but go ahead. um no you you was fine because I'm like I know some of them too <laughs> like <sighs> And I have to throw it back that way because you you said you said like why are they so comfortable in a sense being that way? Because mm-hmm. some women don't mind. Mm-hmm. They don't mind letting them be comfortable in their way because they just want to have somebody. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of flip it back on the on the other side too. And of course, there are also women that before they you know before they take care of their kids, I I hate seeing same here hey seeing that they'll have everything done and then their kids look raggedy hate it so i mean it's it's bad on both ends but like you said so i think social media has just been such of an influence when it comes to how a, a man is supposed to be mm-hmm. and so you know you, you watch it and you see that everybody you know flashing what they have and especially look money now it's guns they flashing their weed stash like everything just <laughs> they are like, because they're trying to come off as, like, they the man and they got it all together. Mm-hmm. And then I turn around and get those calls, like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. you can't keep using the excuse that, you know, you didn't grow up without a father. Because at some point of time, like, you have to come to the realization that either you're going to be just like him or you're going to change. You can't keep using that excuse. And, yeah, and I... And I, and I... I always try to understand it because, you know, that's that's a perspective I can never speak on because I have my father. I have a great father to this day. I have I have somebody that I can go to when I need or have my moments of like self-doubt that I can go to and, and it be man to man or whatever. Um, But at the same time, like you said, like that excuse only goes so long. You a grown ass man. Like we all have like everyone, whether you've had a father in the house or not, we all have our traumas and shit that we've learned from our parents that probably just wasn't right or that we inherited some of their doubt or whatever but at some point you have to make the choice to be different exactly and we gotta we gotta we gotta make normal going to therapy because like this there's shit everybody has to get over and like this whole idea you know i i don't see it as much because i really think that as a black culture we are really starting to see the benefit in therapy and part of that is having more black therapists yeah you gotta have people that you did some people need that person to identify with and you know black whether it's a black man black woman whatever and I think that as we get more people and more interest in the mental health aspect of the black community and more people who are going into that profession, it's helped getting rid of some of that stigma. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like it, it's just, and when I say the whole iron sharpens iron thing, like when I, when if you don't, men who are listening to this, if you don't walk away thinking nothing else, like you got to check your brothers who you know ain't doing shit right, who you know ain't doing they woman right, when you who you know that aren't doing right by their kids, they got kids out here that they ain't seen. Like at the end of the day, like and women too, I will say this: the women who get with these men who don't take care of their kids right, and then when they have a kid with that person, be surprised when it turns out that way. No but sympathy. Yet, but yet you ain't never said hey go get little johnny you feel me i ain't like why why don't you get little brian why aren't you got him like go go and get him hell like you should be encouraging your man to be a better person and there are some women out here who don't mind their man not getting their kids because they think oh that's more time he can put into me and women got to stop with this thing of needing to be needed you feel me that gets women in such in such a bad predicament of this whole i need to be needed and then you get with this man who's basically a child and he needs you then five years down the road when you realize that this nigga ain't doing shit you fed up well your your need to be needed put you in this position whole word <laughs> that <laughs> you have no idea that is a whole that is true that is oh my gosh <sighs> absolutely true absolutely true and then just to kind of go back into what you said like definitely you cannot be afraid to tell tell people the truth about how they are because it's, it's going to come back on you anyway they're going to ask you why didn't you tell me when mm. something else um come around and then that whole concept of oh my gosh i hate that shit too of women just let letting a man not go see his kids like not encouraging him to go see yeah. his kids like some, something is truly wrong with that and a lot of them, like, they'll do it because they don't want interaction with the the kid's mother either. Like, I know a lot of females that have done this done this crap. Listen, and women, on the other side, baby mamas, y'all got to stop acting like when your, when your ex gets with a new woman that they ain't going to be around the kid. Listen, that shit's uh. going to happen. <laughs> like, this whole thing of, like, oh, he can't see him because I don't like that bitch he with. Nigga, you don't even know this woman. You really just mad that she getting a dick that you wish you was still getting. <laughs> Like, let's just be real. Like, that's all I see when I see that type of shit. Because it doesn't make any sense. <sighs> Damn it, man. <laughs> Listen, I'm not I'm not here to make anybody feel comfortable. I'm here for the truth. That's what I'm here for. And we can't we can't fix our culture. We can't fix our families. We if we not just being honest. And I say it and I know it sounds funny, but real talk. You gotta stop being possessive over dick that don't want to possess you and pussy that don't want to possess you either. Let's just be real yeah. with it. You like we, people get so much in so much heartache, heartbreak, uh, trauma, and trying to keep motherfuckers who don't want to be kept. Exactly. Because they have something to prove. It's a, it's a ego thing. Yeah. It's ego. They're trying to prove something to themselves and everybody else around them. That's all it is. I don't have nothing to do with him or with her. It has to do with themselves Because they don't probably sit around and tell their friends that, like, I can have X, Y, and Z. So they got to try to hold it together so they don't look like, what are we talking about? A fake. Listen, y'all friends be getting y'all fuck. Stop taking advice from your friend who hasn't had a solid relationship in the 15 years you've known her. What the fuck is she teaching you? How to be single again. That's what I'm saying. Then y'all just be a, a, a gang of bitter bitches. <laughs> like, let's just be real. Like, y'all, y'all, y'all close, y'all pack. Y'all, y'all, y'all flock, whatever you want to call it, your tribe, because people are overusing the whole tribe thing. Yeah. You a tribe of bitter bitches and niggas. <laughs> And another thing also to be aware of is stop telling people about your happiness when they're not happy. Keep it to yourself. Misery loves company. That's like some of these these sayings that that are like cliche are are sayings because it's true. 
Very. You feel me? The same, and it, it's not always, and I think people think of it as it has to be a malicious thing. It's not always that. Some people, because they don't know true happiness, they don't mm-hmm. know unconditional love, that they, they'll try they'll try to find reasons why your love isn't conditional or isn't unconditional, not because they're trying to break you down or they don't want you to be happy, but because they don't know what happiness exactly. is. So it's foreign to them. So when you present it to them, they're looking at it like, no, nah, it can't be that. Right. It can't be that. Like, what is, oh, this nigga like five, five pics on Instagram. I just seen whole relationships break up over that shit. That's terrible. Listen, That's stupid. I'm letting First y'all of all. know right now. If I listen, I'm liking every pick that I like. I don't give a fuck if it's five, ten in a row. If I see it and I like it, I'm liking it. If and if I can't tell my woman, hey, look at these cheeks real quick. I need you to come look at these cheeks. I, th- this is epicness right now. I'm in awe. We can we be in awe together over these cheeks? Because women, we we look at women That's too. What I'm Women like women's we asses. Do. So then y'all get surprised when y'all men like women's asses and is and is liking the pics. And then it turns into an argument. How, Sway? You <laughs> like the cheeks too. We both is liking the cheeks. We can't like the cheeks together. So now you want me to act like I don't like the cheeks so you so I can protect your <laughs> ego? I can't do it. I like the cheeks, fam. Like, and everybody knows I like feet. If my babe can't send me oh and be like, gosh. hey, babe, look at this chick's toes. Like, I look like, look at these. These are some pretty ass feet. Tears. You damn right. Like the pick for me, nigga. <laughs> she like the pick for me. <laughs> this episode is so over. <laughs> oh, my oh, gosh. Man. But, you know, that's that's a confidence thing. It's, it's a com Like. My th- my overall thing is you have to love every part of yourself before you get in a relationship with anybody else. You like you have to. You have to. Because if you don't, any little thing is going to break you. And that's dumb as hell. I'm just saying. So you have to. I've t- like, I be telling my friends, like, you, you have to take that walk in the mirror, if not every day, a couple times a week, butt naked. And just look at yourself and just love every part of yourself. Because you can't, I mean, the world is it's always somebody that's going to be a little better than you in something that's going to look a little better than you in the area. That's just facts. That's the oh, way yeah, the world set up. That's the world. That's the way the world set up. And you can always tell an insecure female because she would not give, I don't even want to use that word, but she would not give a woman who is like absolutely gorgeous a compliment. I always pay attention to that. Always. Mm. Cheeks. I'm saying like it all boils down. No, let me let me stop. <laughs> no, but real talk though. Uh, <laughs> we do. You, you Women do. No, look but, but I think like we, uh, if you if you are trying, well, I can say is that stop trying to think that a that somebody can love you enough to make you love yourself. That that is going to be the biggest. That's going to get you into a black hole of shit. Like, that's why I, I, I don't, I'm letting everybody know who listens to this right now. I can't make nobody happy. Hopefully I can add to your happiness because I don't wake up happy every day. So how can I make a motherfucker happy when I'm not happy all the motherfucking time? You got to give it to, you got to give it to yourself. And especially, I know women have a lot of, they have a huge thing about when it comes to compliments. Mm-hmm. Oh my, it's like, bro, like if you don't get it, sis, like you get that's why again you gotta know who you are mm-hmm. like you you have to because you're not gonna hear that every day either <sighs> i ain't slandering nobody over their body unless you missing a baby toenail then i'm slandering the shit here he you. go <laughs> everybody knows everybody knows like it is what it is um <laughs> they maybe had a hard life 
I don't give a damn. I don't give it. Ain't nothing. To, like, what the fuck happened to where you don't have a baby toenail? How hard is your life really? You got all teeth, but you missing a baby toenail? No, I'm not. No, nah, fuck all that. Uh, fuck all that. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So they can just get an acrylic and you'll they, be all right. Get that mug glued on there. I cannot deal. <laughs> <laughs> You just got to keep it up because I'm definitely going to notice the one time you in between new toenails and you forgot to get that baby toenail put on. I'm like, wait a second. What the fuck happened? That <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> it has to stop. <laughs> I have been deceived. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. This episode has been all over the place. I hope we've, we've made people... We've enlightened some people. We made them laugh, possibly cry, especially. Listen, if you listen to this tone, if the, this tone, if you listen to this podcast and you missing a baby toenail, Miss Kim down on Cleveland Street can get you right for fifteen dollars. See why? Why the name got to be Kim? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it always got to be Kim. Why? You can't tell me that every nail place don't have a Miss Kim there. I don't matter, child. Whether it's her last name or her first name, there is a Miss Kim in every na nail place. I had I had a Michelle. I'm, but Chinese. Is there, is, there, is there was there a Miss Kim? There? I don't want to testify. That's that. what I'm saying. <laughs> if you if you can find me a nail place that does not have somebody that you can just say Miss Kim to, don't go there. They they, they don't go there. I guarantee you, they fucking people feed up. Uh, <laughs> cuticle be all the way back to your damn knuckle. I don't even know how to feel about that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that is terrible. It's like saying if you go to the barber shop and your barber ain't named Joe or some crap like that, like the uh, old man in it. Like that is terrible. No, every barber shop gotta have somebody that go by a, that either name or, or has a nickname that's only two letters. If you don't, then it's not right. I'm telling you. That made me want to research. No. That's interesting. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Or if you don't, if or if your barbershop don't have that one person that's always in there, or is one of the barbers that don't sell fire sticks. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. As Stephanie's getting herself together, I'm letting y'all know right now. If you walk into any black barbershop and somebody in there can't get. <laughs> Can't get you a fully loaded fire stick off the rip. You not at the right place. Fuck the Jordan plug. Jordan plugs are easy to come by now. If you, <laughs> I'm just. Oh man. <sighs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Whew. All mm, right. Mm, mm. We have reached the end of this conversation. I think, uh, Steph, you got anything left to give them? I know we got. We we now all jokes aside, there's been a lot of laughs in this, but we did share some some really good knowledge. Is there anything else you want to drop on it? Um, no, I mean, just the main things, like, again, I think I rarely tweet, but one of the main things I tweeted was, um, like your happiness hits different when you're whole, like mm. make sure that you're, you're completely whole within yourself, mentally, physically, and, and spiritually before you even form any type of like new relationships. And that's with, you know, somebody else that's even with friends. Um, and like we cover, like, don't be afraid to speak up to your friends and like call them out on their shit. Like you, you have to, if nobody's doing that. And if you're not doing it, then you need to rearrange your entire circle. And when she says whole, that includes a whole baby toenail. Like, listen, I'm just letting y'all know this is real. You might as well just hand her over your card. Oh, no. You got to have the feet right. I'm not handing over. I'm not buying. Okay, so I, I guess we're not done. So, <laughs> so, wait a minute. 
So you just had this whole ordeal about this baby toenail, but you're not gonna contribute for her to fix, like to have it look the way you want it to look every time. That, first of all, yeah, get your words together. First of all, I'm not funding you to have your feet right. You gotta have the feet correct when when you come to me. Now, once you mine, I will help you keep your feet together. But I'm not, I, I'm I'm not rehabilitating nobody feet in my age of thirty. I'm 33. Niggas should have figured this baby toenail shit out before they made it to me by now. Why they have to be in rehab, though? Like, just, I ain't got time to be rehabbing nobody's feet at, at 33 years old. I don't. And mother, and let me tell this. Another thing. I know this is this is some love, lust, and badass soul type shit, but I'm going to keep it going on this podcast. If you've had that bunion surgery, make sure you put some fucking cocoa butter on it afterwards because that bunion scar is fucking hideous. I'm so done. I am so done. You encountered one of those. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> like he's speaking from experience oh yes i was like what that's how i know what it is i'm like what the fuck happened did you get shot in your foot like you got some megan shit going on (laughs) (laughs) you cannot say that man take that (laughs) no no oh Oh, that's terrible (laughs) that was a bit insensitive (laughs) It's still fresh. <laughs> oh my god! If you had that bunion surgery and you got that little bone shaved off or whatever, put some cocoa butter on that shit. After I'm telling you, it's the, the and not not cocoa butter lotion because I said that before and somebody went and bought some cocoa butter and Shayla. No, I mean the old fashioned the stick your granny used to keep in the fr- in the refrigerator that you got to push up from the bottom like a push pop and rub. Yeah. <laughs> That shit will. That's strong. That shit will, that shit will keep any scar from forming. Period. I I didn't see motherfuckers got shit they should have died from. You put that cocoa butter on it, you good? No, let me have you go on Amazon. It's called Not Naughty Nias. They used to have it at the hair store for ninety nine cents, <laughs> but it's amazing. It gets rid of any scars, so that will help you out if you ever encounter somebody that has an issue with <laughs> with your scars. It it will help you out. Oh, child. Listen. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> that, that bunion scar is hideous. But, uh, Stephanie, go ahead and get in your social media so we get the hell up out of here before I say something else that may get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I am on IG at Stephanie the Visionary and it's Stephanie with the F and also the Grey Pill Podcast and also Visionary Steph on Twitter. Listen, yeah, before we go, you just got on me. Nigga, you need to start dropping some episodes. I'm letting you know right now. This is last time I had to get in your ass about not wanting to be called a creative. <laughs> I got to get on your ass. Like, I'm seeing all these notes you've written for this episode and shit. This is the creative in you. We need, your voice is needed. Drop these motherfucking episodes, okay? Are we being an alpha right now? Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to flame you on the next episode if you don't have some episodes. Together. Oh, you know, I'll be here for it. Okay. I, I ain't worried Hold about me to it. it. Okay. All right. I'm just letting you know. I got you. I'm doing some wellness checks. Nigga, See, did, you, did, you rec- did you record something today? <laughs> God. <laughs> don't say hi to me because I'm going to respond. So what, you, what did you get recorded? Look, I won't respond until it's finished. <laughs> You're talking about send it. Hold on. But uh, you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at The Awaken Soul Pod, just depending on where you're looking for us at. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, The Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you choose to do so, you can leave a voicemail at 614 547 2039. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we out, bitches. Peace. <laughs>
To this day, boo, no frontin'. Even when the skies were gray, you would rub me on my back and say, maybe it'll be okay. Now that's real to a rubber like me, baby. Never ever get my cootie away and keep it tight, alright? And I'ma walk these doors so we can live in a fat ass crib with thousands of kids. Well, like you don't need a ring to be my wife. Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we be living in the effing lap of luxury. I'm realizing that you didn't have to fuck with me, but you did. Now I'm going all out, kid. And I got mad love to give you, my nigga. 